Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Everybody, it is Saturday, November 14th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, that you've been enjoying the bye week. Obviously, the Dallas Cowboys with a 2-7 and seven record are, in fact, on their bye, which means they will not be playing this week, week 10 of the 2020 NFL season. There is another sporting event uh, to deter you, to distract you, to occupy your attention. If you are a golf fan, I am myself. The Masters is going on this weekend. Worked out really well. Uh, in, in this particular regard, so uh, shout out to the NFL schedule makers, of course. Um, and, and normally, you know, as this is our pregame show, this is where we would talk about the game, right? This is where we would talk about, you know, who the Dallas Cowboys were playing, what we thought their odds were. Obviously, it's not the most practical conversation this season, but we would break that down a little bit, and we will do that in this particular spot next week when the Cowboys are getting ready to take on the Minnesota Vikings on the road before their quick turnaround to host the Washington football team on Thanksgiving Day. But with no game, there's no game to talk about, so we decided to do something a little bit interesting. A friend of mine, uh, Tug Coker, uh, an actor out you know, in, in the world of acting, uh, has a new show that's out, and it's really funny, and it's really sports-related, and Tug is a big Cowboys fan and, and golf fan, and I thought it would be interesting to kind of, you know, have a different conversation of sorts and talk some Cowboys, talk about what Tug is working on, talk about golf. And, uh, you know, I know that a lot of people are coming here for, uh, you know, what was normally the pregame. So we thought this would uh, fit well in that spot. So I hope you enjoy. We will be back to our regular routine starting tomorrow. Sunday night, we'll drop our uh, what would have been our postgame episode of the Ocho. But uh, we'll talk about the action from around the NFL in week 10. Uh, Obviously, this is a big week as the Philadelphia Eagles and New York Giants are playing one another. Uh, We're rooting for the Giants, both because we never root for the Eagles and because if the Giants win, that helps the Cowboys' odds of maintaining a top three pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. So uh, let's go Jason Garrett. Get it done. But without further ado, here he is, Tug Coker, right now on the Blogging the Boys pregame show. Pleased to be joined now by the one, the only, a very special guest, a very special friend. I'm fairly certain uh, the most Hollywood person that has ever been on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, I said legendary already, but I said again, the legendary Tug Coker. Tug, thanks for taking the time to join what would have been our pregame show, but uh, it's now just you and I uh, doing our own thing. Yeah, let's just uh, have a good time. I'm sorry that, you know, people are, uh, you know, getting this during the bye week, but you know what? It's a time for all of us, all of us Cowboy fans to collect our thoughts and think about what we want to do with this second half of the season. Right. So, Tug, um, I want to <laughs> peel back the curtain. Uh, what is it? Uh, open the kimono, uh, the, the saying. Um, 
we're, we're talking on Thursday and we're dropping this on our pregame show on Saturday. Um, yesterday on Wednesday, we had Roger Staubach on the feed. So, no way. Um, so, you know, our feed this week has been basically full of the two most important people in Dallas Cowboys history, yeah. Mr. Staubach and Tuck Coker. Um, I wore 12. I wore 12 in Pee Wee football. So, you know, it's two, two great number 12s. Right. So, um, like I said, I don't think we've ever had an actor on the show before, um, which is really cool. Uh, let's, let's kind of, let's, who is Tug? Like, let, let people, actually, I'll, I'll go further back. Tug and I met, um, what, what, like six, seven months ago now. It was already yeah. during quarantine uh, through a mutual friend of ours, uh, uh, Kenneth Arthur, who has been on the show. Uh, Kenneth runs our California sites at SB Nation and is a big Seahawks fan. So we had him on when the Cowboys played the Seahawks in the wild card round a couple of years ago. Cowboys won, no big deal. Um, and so Kenneth uh, has, a, has a Hollywood background himself uh, with, you know, a couple of different things. And Kenneth and I are both big Survivor fans. And he said, hey, I'm going to do a Survivor podcast with Tug Coker. Do you want to do it? So the three of us and uh, no big deal, Street from Friday Night Lights, Scott Porter. Uh, Scott Porter, the one and only big football fan himself. I mean, we, we sat, we chopped it up about the Survivor season finale. It was a lot of fun. And uh, we've stayed friends. And you've got some projects, a particular project right now that we're going to talk about. But, but give us the, the rundown on who Tug is. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that we have a common interest in Survivor and reality shows, competition, uh, you know, via the reality TV space. But, yeah. I'm just a, I'm a guy who lives in Santa Monica, California. I'm an actor and a writer. And I, um, uh, what, why, why have you heard of me? Where have you seen me? Uh, probably most known as uh, uh, Jim Halpert's brother on The Office. See, I'll, I'll be honest. That was yeah. not where, where I first knew you from. Obviously, I've seen, again, yeah. seen that part. But I knew you yeah. as the bartender and how I met your mother. That That's was correct. my first place. I played Bud, the bartender, in the episode where... Um, uh, Jason Siegel's character go, they're all Minnesota Vikings fans. Right. And I throw out Robin because she's, or I threatened to throw her out if, if I found out that she's Canadian. Right. Uh, which was amazing because I also love that show. And it's fun to be in shows that you're already a fan of. Like I was a fan of The Office and then I'm entering that world to play Jim's brother. You know, of course we do a couple episodes where they get married, which is iconic, you know, where we, where we tease uh, Pam. Do the prank. You, do the prank, yeah. exactly. And then we do the episode, I think right after that, I went and did How I Met Your Mother, um, which was amazing. Because I also love that show. I thought that show was so much fun and, and look forward to every Monday night. So, yeah, that's how people – So I'm, I'm sort of seen as like a working, working actor on shows that you've seen before. I did the pilot of Ballers. Um, I was on a show that people loved back in the like, 2010 called Chuck on NBC. Oh, I mean, who doesn't um, love Chuck? Yeah. Uh, I had the pleasure of, uh, of killing Chevy Chase off the show. <laughs> um, and uh, Matt Bomer, I took down. He's a part of my kill sheet uh, in TV. So, you know, a bunch of fun roles and a bunch of different shows. Um, it's, what, what's funny about me is I'm, I'm from, I'm, my, my mom and dad both went to Oklahoma. Why am I a Cowboys fan? Why am I on this particular podcast? Because <laughs> I'm a Cowboys fan. My mom and dad, my mom's from Oklahoma. My mom and dad both went to Oklahoma. And um, the first gift I ever remember getting is a miniature Cowboys helmet similar to the one behind you. Uh, and I've been a lifelong Cowboys fan ever since. You know, it was great. It was great when I was young. 
Sure. Now, now it's when the true fans emerge, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned number 12. You have an athletic background yourself. Um, also merged your, your athletic background with your, um, your actor life on Broadway. That's like you're selling yourself short here, Doug. Well, I mean, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that, that is one of the highlights of my career. I, um, so a few years ago, I, there was a play about the life of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. It was called Magic Bird. And I played Larry Bird on Broadway. And that was uh, the thrill of a, of a lifetime. He's my favorite player growing up. I love Larry Bird. Got to hang out with him several times and talk to him. You know, and so, like you said, I played college basketball. Um, I went to William & Mary, which is a D1 school. I was a medical redshirt. I only practiced, like, the second half of the year. Um, and I never played. And, um, but, I, but I always loved the experience of being on that team. And I, just, and I, and I transferred to UVA because I really wanted to – have the full college experience. And I, I'd been recruited by UVA. They wanted me to go to a prep school. Mm-hmm. And then they changed, they changed coaches my sophomore year. And they said, um, you can't play in the ACC. What are you, what are you doing? Um, so that led to my uh, acting career starting because I took classes at UVA. And, but like you said, the merging of my passions of basketball and acting really collided on Broadway when I did Magic Bird. And um, the fun thing I like to say, for, I'm sure there's obviously a lot of football fans here, but if you happen to cross over and love pop culture, the director of the show, the next show he directed was a play called Hamilton. No big uh, deal. Yeah, Tommy Kale. And he's a big sports fan. So you should all be rooting for Tommy Kale when you see him do projects because he's really, really big time. He'd done the, he'd done the Lombardi uh, Broadway show right. for Magic Bird. So you can tell he's a big sports fan before um, Hamilton. So – Obviously, your resume and your IMDb page feature more than the things you've mentioned, but I think you can find athletics and sports in in the roles you mentioned. Um, Obviously, Jim was like a big Phillies guy, big Philadelphia guy in general, like his character. And um, I think, wasn't Dr. J on the final season of The Office, if if memory (laughs) serves? I think think he was. I can't can't confirm that, but... Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the bar that we talked about that your character uh, runs in How I Met Your Mother, it's like a Vikings bar. Is it not um, like it's a Minnesota a big Vikings, Vikings bar? It's a big Vikings bar. And the big running joke is everyone gets super depressed and slams the table when they think of right. Gary Anderson's missed field goal in what I think was like the 99 NFC Championship game. I literally remember saying, 99 NFC Championship game? Damn. And I slammed the table. And, yeah. and then Mar- uh, Marshall does the same exact thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of fun, uh, fun like aspects of sports crossing through my uh, entertainment career. And it has to do with the fact that I'm, you know, I'm tall. I'm six foot five. <laughs> you know, I play a basket. You know, I play, you know, basketball players and baseball players and football players. And you know, the, the, the project that we'll talk about shortly. You know, I created it with my my friend Tommy Dewey. And part of it was like, what athlete can I get? You know, can I pass as? And it's, you know, a, 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 like a quarterback right quarterback well let's let's that's a that's a smooth transition you're doing my job for me um now we're talking and i don't mean like now you and i are literally talking but now now we're talking you mentioned it you created this um i'll i'll give you the floor and then i've i've got some takes and some some opinions um but but let's give everybody the now we're talking 101 well i i hope everyone out there takes an opportunity to, to to find this show um, it's a show that's on uh, CW um, and the CW Seed apps. We can get on Apple. It's free on Apple TV, um, on your Amazon Fire, on your Roku's, anywhere, your phones, computers. It's easy to find. We're right next to Schitt's Creek. 
if you're a sports fan and you like comedy, I think you're going to like this show. Um, it's about two guys who play NFL quarterbacks, and they retire, and they're sort of frenemies. They've been on the same team at one point. They're competitive. Um, backup. And then they, it's, yeah. one, there's, there's a starter backup <laughs> relationship, exactly. And, and, like, my character came in as, like, a – we named ourselves Tug – well, I took the different last name. Tug Tanner is the name right. of my character. And Tommy Arendahl. And I came in as a hot shot uh, and quickly couldn't handle it and became a backup and kind of was um, bitter. And I, and, I, and I said, hey, you know what? Let's, what's the next part of my life? Let's get into broadcasting. So we both end up, in the, you know, end up in broadcasting. It's a very contentious relationship at first. But you know, in today's media, as you know, like drama equals ratings. Mm-hmm. So people decide to put us together as a, you know, as a team. So Tommy and I had fun trying to explore what it would be like you know, for, for guys to retire from the sport at like 30, 35. Right. And then say, what do I do the rest of my life? Like, how do I fulfill like myself? Yeah, and, I think um, they that, do it to the guys of sports media. Right, and so that's so the show is about your characters uh, that are former NFL quarterbacks that are transitioning into being on television, and that's right. a real thing um, that happens. And I've never seen any story told about that, which is what makes it really interesting. Um, it, it it starts off you guys are going through, and again, a very real thing like a broadcast boot camp that they put right. former players through, etc. Um, your character talks about having a conversation with Jim Nance and, and advice and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's very cool. And, and I, I, I think shows a real life um, reality for former players that, that have gone through that and how difficult it can be like to, to literally be taught how to ask questions and, and how to, you know, how to carry, you know, different subjects and how to analyze, et cetera. And you have um, I have to you have uh, Andrew Hawkins is, is one of the, the guests that, that appears uh, throughout right. the show, uh, who's done a fantastic job of transitioning. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Tug, but Andrew almost became a cowboy by way of, from, from of a reality a, show. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, uh, too. <laughs> and so. And he's somebody who's who's navigated that life really well. Uh, when you guys created it, what, did you talk to people like Andrew Hawkins and, and ask what was it like to? And because it's a comedy and, and there's a lot of fun yeah. in it, but um, and and maybe you lean into those stereotypes, or maybe that was the goal. But did did you did you get that kind of research to put together the the structure of it at all? Not at first. Like we didn't. At, at first, we kind of did a, as much research as possible, reading a lot. There's a few articles out there you know, and talking to whoever we can get in touch with um, that was peripheral, like, you know, uh, some, some, some broadcast announcers out here, you know, Matt Money Smith, right. you know, uh, you know, Petros uh, Papadakis, uh, these guys out in LA who are sort of like the kingpins of radio out here and talking about what their working experience is with some of these athletes. And we just read a lot of articles about it and because um, we wanted to have a feel of like a 30 rock version of, of it. Like mm. we want, we like the idea of grounded, absurdity uh in the show like because because it is it, like professional sports is weird like right. if, we're, if we're just thinking about it, like the life is just different like to the comp that we had was when blake bortles and chad henney were a duo oh like like they're in the nfl and they're really good at their job but they but they're not good relative to most of the people within the nfl right but they still have like all they get the massages they get the first rate food they get all the things. So even though they're they're struggling in wins and losses, like they're still they're still successful, right? But like, how do they? But no one else sees them as successful. Right. It's a weird prism, right? And so we thought it would be fun to 
think about like, what do these guys do after they basically have everything they want, even though they're not really seen as like great. They're not seen as like the, the Steve Young's of the world who goes straight into ESPN. Right. Or anyone else. Or like a Tony oh, Romo who goes straight Romo, to like superstardom. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. So I was fascinated by that. It was like, because I don't know what it's like, um, you know, you're in San Antonio, right? Not anymore. Now I'm in, the, oh. in, in further South Texas, Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. Okay, Rio Grande Valley. So I don't know who like does like the sports in that area, but like we had like James Worthy here in LA do like the regional Lakers games. Right, right. Like Sean well, Elliott I'm, does it for the Spurs. Sean Elliott, yeah. Point, yeah. So, and, I'm, and I'm always intrigued, like how does Tim Legler right. get to SportsCenter and James Worthy's in LA? Like what, what's the path for these guys in which they have a career and then navigate to their next career? That, that, always, that always fascinates me and still fascinates me to this day. So I thought, what would be a fun story to make? And how can we make it funny? Yeah, I think like there are not. Um, I didn't watch um, in the early nineties. What was it? Was it called Sports? The sitcom. Sports night. Um, Sports yeah, night. I I've I've never seen it personally. I've never seen a show quite like this. Um, you mentioned Thirty Rock. To me, it had a very happy endings vibe. I loved happy endings, um, and and kind of had that same energy and that same sort of crude humor. Um, yeah. and, and cause it's, it's a comedy, but it's not, it's not the office or how I met your mother comedy. Right. It's, it's kind of, I, I enjoy comedy that, that were, were you, the, the characters, you, the actors sort of assume that I have a level of intelligence and, and that's, that's what this does really well. Um, I thought, so I've, I've called high school football before and that was maybe my favorite part. You, you sent, you sent me the show and I watched it. Um, and your characters go call a high school football game. I mean, the kids are like bagging on you. Like, Oh yeah. wow. You, you know, big, big time honor. You guys get to call. A high yeah, school we had football Mike game. Irvin in here last week and now you guys are here. Like who cares? Basically. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but like, that's, that's an intimidating thing to, to call high school football that you just, and I'm, I'm not a former pro player, but like, you don't think about that. And you like on the, on the outer surface, you're like, it's just high school, but it's like, yeah, but people are going to listen. You know what I mean? And like that, that's a tip. Like, I think that you guys do a great job with the characters. I guess what I'm saying is being really vulnerable through comedy. And that's a hard thing to do. Well, thank you. I, you know, it's really important to us because, you know, we, we thought of shows like um, two shows that we kind of wanted to pivot away from were ballers Right. And, and entourage, because some of those have to deal with similar, they're, they're similar worlds, right? Like, like, like peek behind the curtain. Yeah. But, unique yeah. living situations. And they, and sometimes they're vulnerable, but, but like, isn't this life awesome at the end of the day? Like we're on boats, we're in yeah. mansions. And like, I just wanted to see, maybe these guys are, you know, Tug seems to have squirreled his money away, but he's still hungry and he still has a desire to be like, Sort yeah, of resurrect that ambition's himself. still there. Totally. Ambition is still there. That's something Tommy talks about. My my partner who co-created the show. If you've seen shows like The Mindy Project or Casual on Hulu, you've seen them before or Code Black on CBS. But um, we talk about that too. It's like the ego never goes away. Mm -hmm. Like the it just kind of comes out sideways. Like that's why you start seeing like former athletes that like promoting themselves at like a chicken shack, you know, right. or like a Ver Verizon store. You know, right. like they still want to be seen. As still the guy, sign autographs. Yeah, still want to sign totally. autographs, right? And so that to me is existential crisis and happening. And to me, that's funny. You know what I mean? That, it's, it's human, but also, but but funny. Yeah, it's like that. Really, is like a sport, like a. And again, I think your your average person that had like a cup of coffee on a professional level doesn't fit this. Like, it is a very specific 
somebody who had like a sustained career, like not even necessarily you want Super Bowls, but you, you were, you were living this high life for some time and that, that reality has changed and that has, you know, been altered. And it is like a midlife crisis of sorts. Who was the first person you saw that like, I mean, I don't, that's a, that's a bad way to ask that question. Cause it sounds like you saw some former athlete going through a midlife crisis and you said, I want to make a show about that. But <laughs> like, who, who were you like, man, what was, what like you you mentioned a moment ago but like who were you like what led from point a to point z on this particular person's story yeah it's a good question i mean i remember you know one person that always sticks out in my mind is lenny dykstra um you know lenny dykstra is not even familiar with you know he, he didn't really move into the broadcasting space but his post-career life mm-hmm. is is crazy <laughs> and um that always interested me. And like, you know, you see the real sports with Brian Gumbles where he's doing these business deals that are just ridiculous and he's saying things that are crazy. Um, that, that, that was like the first guy where I was like, oh, you know, it's similar to um, Eastbound and Down, right? Dan, right. Danny McBride, who, you know, shout out to Danny McBride, you know, is from my hometown in Virginia. His sister and I worked at the Red Lobster. Wow. Uh, and, How many biscuits you eat? Like I eat too many. Too many. <laughs> Like, look, once I learned, like, I think I was like 19. And once you learn the biscuit, like fat counts, right. you, you, you go from like six to thir- two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But those things were crazy good. Anyway. Um, yeah. Th- th- those it's like Lane Dykstra comes to mind. Um, and I'm trying to think about who else, but I, well, I guess more so than just the relation, like the, the backstory, I, I had just daydreams about like Summerall and Madden like having fun together, like and I just thought, what you know, maybe there, maybe there's some drama off camera, but maybe there's some fun. But like, I've never seen a buddy comedy where the the, the it's a broadcast duo. Mm-hmm. Like to me, in my mind, they travel together, they do things, uh, uh, you know, behind right. the scenes. Like that seems like an appealing show, like source for me. Yeah, no, um, I, I think to that point. Yeah. Um, so like we're we're talking uh, the day the master started, right? And and this yeah. week, uh, Jim Nance has been a guest on a lot of podcasts for obvious reasons. And and I, you know I I enjoy Jim Nance a lot, big fan, whatever. And um, I enjoy hearing, you know, oh, you know, the, you know, Tony Romo, Tracy Wolfson, and I go to dinner. You know, like I, what's that like? What do you talk about? You know, yeah. <laughs> like do you, do you know? what Romo's preferred wine is, you know, like, do you know how Tracy likes her steak? Like th- those are, f- cause um, he told a story about Tiger that was kind of a peek behind the curtain. And, and I think we like, we just see them on Sundays or whatever. And Oh, cool. That's who they are. But it's like, they live a life. <laughs> like they, they travel home, they do laundry, uh, whatever. And, and I, and they, they have insecurities. And that was one of my favorite things. It was from the opening episode uh, when you're doing your characters doing like a mock um, interview of Shaq. And my favorite part was your character uh, like is like, oh, six-time champion. And then he expresses this like, no, I'm sorry. I meant five-time champion. He's correct. It's like, oh, Ford. Like that because, and again, not a former athlete, but I have, I have asked a question in an interview and been sort of corrected and felt like this small. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> yeah. and, but, but, but I have seen a lot of athletes that will just like, power through that because they're oblivious to it right and and that was a really I, I think really important distinction that shows the reality of what the situation is. It's, it's it's not it's not a reality show but it's a very it has a reality feel and that it's realness not again not reality but you get my point i know what you mean i appreciate you saying that it's funny you know years ago i did a, a another sports related play you know i spent some time in the theater called take me out it's a baseball play and it just so happens, T.J. Quinn, who's a journalist reporter at ESPN, 
his dad was in the play with me. And he came mm-hmm. down, and it, it was during the steroid, uh, like at, at the Capitol, you know, Rafael Palmero does the point and all this stuff. And TJ was reporting on it. And I, and I guess I had a germ of the idea then about the show because I asked him, like, what's it like being around the athletes at SportsCenter, like the green room? You know, I, I always right. interested, like, people just kind of hanging before they go on air. And, you know, I said, is it weird that, like, Emmett Smith is there, but he's, he's still working out how to be a broadcaster? I think we all can agree with that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's still, you know, what wasn't, didn't come on with, like, the natural gift that other people have. And like, do, does, does the, does the power shift change? There's right. like, does Chris Collinsworth become the Don or whatever? Um, and, and, and Emmett Smith sort of kowtows to uh, Chris Collinsworth. And he's like, no, 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 no. Jerry Rice is always Jerry Rice. You know, Dan Orlovsky is Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> yeah. And Jerry Rice, it doesn't matter how good Orlovsky is on broadcasting. Like Jerry Rice is going to walk around being Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. And that's my point to your, uh, you're the oblivious thing, right? Um, certain people just don't care. Whereas Tug, the Tug character, he he was. I always visioned him as like a, a first round draft pick, ton of talent, but got in his own way. It was too, the, you know, the game could it just too fast for him, mm-hmm. and so he just never achieved his potential. And so he's like, I'm going to be a great broadcaster, and he comes out and he like just can't get out of his own way again. He's like six time champion. I mean, I'm five. You're five. And, and and Fred Melamed, who's a great, you know actor uh you've seen on many shows plays our teacher and he's like i'm actually four times and he just loses it he's like one mistake just derails him right uh and i find that to be um very funny so um the cwc this is the first season premiered correct me if i'm wrong september 17th um, yeah well, and, well season, season two yeah season sorry, two sorry. season one we shot a couple years ago for a different platform called go 90 which was a time when verizon was trying to get into the streaming game and then they fell apart. And part of the fun of season two is we knew that they were having trouble. We knew it was gonna, uh, that the, the, the Verizon was maybe not long for this world in a streaming entity. Mm-hmm. So we made the show kind of meta. Right. Which, um, um, and it's the, about the, the two characters, Tug and Tommy, go to a struggling startup media uh, entity. And we just basically incorporated all the notes that we were getting from Go90. Right. And that now premieres. And, then, and season one is like short form episodes, like, you know, like 10 minute episodes. And season two is more traditional. You get into that half hour stuff. Right. You see like the office size, how I met your mother size. And there's um, eight of those. So that was something I found fascinating. Um, and so I guess maybe part of the answer is, is the platform it lived on. Maybe a little bit different, maybe more geared for people watching on their phones, maybe less of an attention span versus watching on a TV or something. But I, so we, I mean, like, different peak behind the kimono i i always butchered that that phrase um but um so some of our episodes here on like our podcast feed are longer they're longer discussions some but some of them are like news updates and shorter blurbs or whatever the case may be i kind of like that like there there is a there, there, there's a um a checklist sort of feel to when you finish a show or an episode yeah. of a show you're into you know what i'm saying and so like yeah. there is this like I don't want to say a feel of efficiency, but, but a feel of efficiency to, to not like th- that. Those episodes resonated with me in particular. The short form episodes, Right. Not, not, that, not that I don't like the long form episodes, but no, I never no. really seen that done before. And that was really yeah. cool. Yeah, I know. It's really interesting that you say that. I mean, I, I'm having this conversation with a couple of different people right now about the short form world because Quibi, uh, for those, you know, there might be some listeners out there who've never heard, heard of Quibi. <laughs> Quibi, R-I-P, exactly. Quibi, for those of you who don't know, is, a, is another like streamer. 
like that we're all seeing right now with HBO Max and uh, Netflix, Amazon, all these things. So two people, Jeffrey Katzenberg and Matt Whitman, decided to say, you know what? I think short form content streaming is the future. Right. 10 minute episodes or less with big time stars. And it, it lasted six months. And, you know, people are, it was directly built for their phones. People aren't sure exactly why it, you know, it failed, but it only, it only lasted six months, which raises the question again of like, what, where does short form live? Mm-hmm. And I do think maybe there is a place for it, but no one's figured it out yet. And part of the reason um, we, we asked for, we, we did a season one and we just didn't feel like for whatever reason, people don't respond unless it's RJ. RJ is the only person I wish we had known that. Um, <laughs> RJ like responds to short form, but no one else gravitates to short form like they do to traditional half hour. Not, not yet at least. So right. we knew going into season two, they wanted us to do more episodes and we were like, thank you. We want to, but we only want to do it in traditional uh, time. I wonder if that's like, I mean, I, I hate doing this like grand thinking or speaking for like all of society as if, you know, like I know what I'm talking about, but like, I wonder how much of that is like a YouTube effect. You know, like people are so used to that kind of thing. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll flip the script on you. How do you watch things? Like your favorite shows, whatever. Like I, I mean, literally. Like, do you do you watch them on Netflix on your TV? Do you watch it on like a like a PlayStation? Do you watch it on your iPad? Like, what what's your preferred method? TV. I watch it on TV. But I will say this, and you you and I share a love of golf. Um, and one thing, if if it's done really well, I will watch it on my computer. For instance, uh, shout out to No Laying Up, which I oh, which is for a, sure. like, a, like their their tour saw shows are great. Chris Solomon you know? was a guest here. I, I remember I, seeing you say that. Yeah. Um, uh, on, on Twitter. And I think that's like, like to me, it's like, that's also long form. Their, their, their shows are 22 minutes, you know, 25 minutes long. So um, I think people are trying to figure out how to do it with these channels. Um, and I think Quibi was as well. And to me, my opinion is um, they're, they were trying to use the term premium. Mm-hmm. Where I think people are very comfortable watching just like if they have a relationship with this performer and he's just talking to you directly, they're going to watch you. There's right. a, there's a great, like you, you know, social media influencer who I think is a very good actor named Cody Co on YouTube and Instagram. He's on our show. For those of you who are Cody Co fans, um, he kills it in our show and he like doesn't need to go to Quibi because he already has a huge audience on, you know, four or 5 million followers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't need to go anywhere else. He can keep making his own thing. So, um, you did flip the script. I mean, I, I do think uh, maybe I'm a little bit more old school. I still watch stuff on TV, but I will go if like I like the product. Right. I'm, I'm totally going to YouTube to watch their their stuff. See, I am. I I I'm, don't get me wrong. I love to watch on TV, but like right now, my wife and I are watching the Queen's Game. Right? That's a big thing. Like everybody's watching it. So that's something we watch together. The dog jumps on the couch. We get a couple snacks, <laughs> whatever. Um, but when she goes to bed. I'll watch something. I'm like to, to the to the no laying up point. I watched this week's episode of Tour Sauce on my iPad while she was asleep. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's just I'm focused on that. And some of that is that I want that. I want to see those courses. It's a, if for anyone that doesn't remember uh, the interview with with Solly from No Laying Up, it's their traveling travel series show. They go play different golf courses, whatever. And I want to see that closer in my hands. Sometimes I do want to see them them on a big TV, whatever. But there is a moment of like personalization that I want my iPad. If I'm watching a particular show, I watched um, the all or nothing on Tottenham recently. And I watched that on my iPad too. Like there are some things that I reserve specifically, I think, but I think that that's a challenge, like from a general content standpoint, let alone a television show. Uh, I didn't know you were an no laying up guy. I know you were a big golf guy. You're always golfing on your Instagram, but I didn't know you I were am. an LU guy. I do. I do enjoy it. I definitely got into it really during um, 
this pandemic because I think because golf was the first sport to come back. Right. Um, you know, I was really looking for places where people could, you know, basically do what you and I are doing now, just kind of getting together and talking about like the sport. Like, remember the event? Um, I think it was at uh, I forget where it was. It was in Florida with D- Dustin Johnson, Wolf. Oh, the, Taylor, the Taylor made challenge. Taylor, yeah, the Taylor yeah. made challenge, right? Like, and I was like, this is kind of I'm not quite feeling this. And I was like, looking for someone to talk to, and they do a podcast where they kind of talk about it, what worked, what didn't work, you know. Mm-hmm. And so ever then, ever since then. I'm always really interested in, and this is part of the show and now we're talking like where the media is going and you're just seeing more and more people creating channels for themselves as an outlet to talk about stuff. You're doing it. Um, you know, no laying up does it. I, I'm just fascinated by people being like, you know what? I think I have a, something to say. I'm going to flip on the camera and talk about it and people are going to gravitate towards it. And it's, that's cool. So you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, yeah. What do you think of Dallas Cowboys content? Cause everybody who's listening, we, we love you so much for subscribing, uh, but there, we acknowledge that there are a lot of places to get that from. Um, you and I became friends. Again, shout out to Kenneth Arthur. Um, but like, what's, what's your way of consuming Dallas Cowboys news? Jane Slater, um, you, um, you know, Morningstar, like and it, ESPN. And is it like, is it like you, you, you pop up in Twitter or is it like you, you go Twitter. to – Yeah, gotcha. That makes sense. Twitter. Twitter and honestly, your account. And I will say this, you know, this is not – this is going to be a little bit of smoke, guys. So maybe, maybe, maybe edit this out, okay? <laughs> but my favorite thing that you do, and I appreciate this, is you're critical of certain choices. Like this isn't like you don't come to you and blogging the boys for like, you know, for whatever for 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 for, for smoke being blown up someone's you know you know behind you know what I mean? right. like it's real talk. Like your your talk about you know the the Dak Prescott contract. I 100% agree with, and I've been saying this for a long time. And my, my feeling is I see a lot of people on social media who are Cowboys fans, including some of my friends who are not Dak fans. And it's, I just do not enjoy that. I cannot maddening. believe it. It's, and I see you go to bat every day on this. And I, and I like, it, it makes me really enjoy, you know, what you're putting out there. So, so your team pay Dak then, right? Like again, a hundred percent. I was team Dak. You know, a year or two ago, like I'm also my principal as a person who loves sports and I love behind the scenes stuff. I've been saying this on. Uh, I'm going to do a shout out to another podcast that I jump on a lot called the Dirty Sports Podcast. It's a great bunch of followers. Hopefully, they'll be following over here to listen to this. And I've been talking about this for three years about the power of the rookie quarterback deal. Totally. And how we, the we as Cowboys fans, you could say we, yeah, <laughs> we squandered that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, you look at like unless you're, you know. Brady, who had, who was built off the Giselle discount, right? You know, every quarterback of repute the past few years in the Super Bowl has has a quarterback rookie deal, right? And so now, now, I understand paid Dak, but we should have been all in. No, the it's past three years. You know like, what I mean? So to that point, it's um. So the the Rams off of Jared Goff's deal, it's let's trade for Brandon Cooks, let's let's trade for Sam or let's sign Sammy Wat or uh, yeah or sign Sammy Watkins. Um, no trade for Sammy Watkins. Goodness, I can't keep up with all the Rams moves. Let's yeah. let's trade for Akib Talib. Let's trade for Jalen Ramsey. Like let's do all these things because this this is our our low cost window. Right, exactly, yeah. because we've got the quarterback on a rookie contract. Yeah. The Eagles did a similar thing when they won the Super Bowl. Alshon Jeffrey and um, trading for Jay Ajayi and things like that. Even Mahomes. 
yeah, the, the Chiefs, let's pay Sammy Watkins. Let's go. Let's pay the Honey Badger. The, yeah. Even even the Bears, albeit the Mr. Trubisky thing didn't work out. Let's pay Allen Robinson. Let's trade for Khalil Mack. We can give him that big time contract because we have the quarterback on a rookie contract. And so all these people are like, oh, well, you know, that can't take up all the salary cap because then, you know, the Cowboys need that money to do so. What are they going to do? They're going to go sign Allen Hearns again? You know, like, <laughs> like that's um, – they're not known for doing those things. They're they're pretty tight when it comes to free agency. Not even Allen Hearns. What's my guy's name who played – used to play for the Rams? It was like 5'7". We, we used like four times. Oh, Tavon Austin? Uh, Tavon Austin. They traded for him, to be fair. But, yeah, that was well, bad Yeah, move. well, they also they <laughs> traded for Tavon Austin. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I always think about, like – there's a, I'm sure you talk about this all the time on the show, um, but like I think about the what could have been, right? Like Zeke, I'm a big Tony Pollard guy. Um, I believe Tony you, Pollard. You should, are very welcome in the blog and the boys. Yeah, yeah. I believe Tony Pollard is is showing like more explosiveness than you know. Love Zeke, but like I also don't. Where you pay quarterbacks, you don't pay running backs. Like unless you could have done go back in time and you do. Jalen Ramsey, Derrick Henry in the in that in that that draft. Totally. Then we're having a different conversation, right? Or, so. or or I mean, you can you can play that butterfly effect a million ways. We we've yeah. done we've done special butterfly effect episodes, but like you could go Jalen Ramsey, <laughs> Miles Jack, like literally what the Jaguars did, yeah. or you could go Derrick Henry to that point. But yeah, the Zeke is awesome. Love Zeke, and when Zeke goes off, we're the first people to to do the whole like feed Zeke thing, whatever. But just I mean that. You you naturally earned the fourth overall pick in the NFL draft. You cannot use that that elite resource on on a running back, and you can't pay a running back ninety million dollars. It's it's bad finance, and that's that's not a, a knock on Zeke as a person. It's just it's not a great move. No, it's just the game. It's not. It hasn't, yeah, I mean, it's great on him. He got paid. Like he actually did his job. Like, and mm-hmm. I will never, as a person that goes to negotiations with multinational conglomerates, I will always, always support the player. And I think that's a funny issue. I brought this up with Tommy the other day. We, even, even me, even you, like we support the, we support the corporation <laughs> and not the player, right? right. Like, whereas I, my thinking is you have to get paid. So I'm not going to like, you know, poo-poo Zeke for getting yeah, paid. And, and but it just makes no sense as, the, as a fan of the corporation. Right, and your, issue, you know? your, your window to get paid is in that world, in that job, and I'm sure like Tug Tanner and Tommy Arendahl would corroborate this, like <laughs> is so small. So like get, get and, and like that's what I'm saying, kudos to Zeke, get every penny that you possibly can. It's, it's, not, it's not your fault, you know, that the Cowboys are, are not, you know, forward thinking in that capacity, um, which, is, which is strange. What, what have been your thoughts on this season? I mean, are well, you just yeah. depressed? I am depressed because I'm all, we're stuck in this sort of like the, um, the, the, like this nether world where it's like, I had to look up actually, if you could win the division and still get a top 10 pick. I looked that up this year, but it's not, it's not possible. You're, right. you, you, you automatically draft 19. Right. Um, but that would have been amazing. <laughs> if you were, um, and it, you know, it, the thing is like, had a, had a chance, if we, maybe if we found out, uh, you know, the quarterback against the Eagles, we have a chance. Again, like I, here's another thing. You said McCarthy called his best, or the, the coaching staff had their best game last week. That was your tweet. Right. I, look, I follow you. I look <laughs> Tugs the man, um, everybody. <laughs> um, my issue was, again, with Zeke, when I was yelling at my other Cowboys fans, it's like there's some costs involved too, right? Like yeah. you, paid, you paid Zeke. Zeke's not 100%. Pollard was crushing, I thought. He had nine for 57. He looked really good. Mm-hmm. 
um, why don't we just use the guy that we and like tell tell Zeke to get healthy? We'll see you after the bye. It's like, let's just play the guys that are, are real that are doing well. He had, he had, he had 18 for 51. Yeah, Tony Pod had, had half the for yards per carry. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so what are we doing? Um, it's so like again, this we're, we're only uh releasing the audio of this conversation, but Tug is, is seated in front of an incredible wine cellar. Um, yeah. they're like legitimately, it's got to be like 300 yeah. bottles of wine behind you. Um, and That's so correct. it's and it's, it's like an incredible matrix of wine, but like. Um, so I'm not a wine connoisseur by any means, um, but um, but like I imagine there's a bottle of wine you've bought before, probably a, a more expensive one. You're like, oh, this is going to be great. Like this is the like 19 bajillion whatever. And you taste it and it sucks ass like that probably has happened at one point or another. But then, you know, you and, and whoever you're, you're, you know, clinking glasses with, you're like, no, we're going to drink this <laughs> because yeah, we paid. Yeah. And that's 100%. that's all they're doing. Like it's the same principle, which is dumb, but but it's that same idea. So let I me. Mean, I was getting excited last week. I actually called up on my on my Twitter last week. You can follow me. You know, I'm not as active as RJ. He's, is, he's on Twitter at Tug Coker. Twitter, nice Twitter and, and Instagram at Tug Coker. Yeah, at Tug Coker. But I said last week, I was like, I'm I'm betting on the Cowboys this week. First of all, the Cowboys have not covered a spread this year. And this, as a person at who does time. follow. At the time. Right. Uh, that's why I was saying it. They have not covered a game before the Steelers. They're due. Perfect letdown spot for the Steelers. They just beaten the Ravens. Mm-hmm. You got the Bengals next week. And also, Jim Nance and Romo just go to games that are very compelling. So all of that, plus a 14-point spread or whatever. Um, and, I, and I was right. And I just wish that, like, even though, you know, the, 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 it feels like the East is still within reach. Which is sad because we now, now I feel like with that loss and with the Eagles loss, I think we should go into full tank mode. Um, yeah. That's what um, I think. So I've, I've hesitated. Some, sometimes, Tug, I'll sneak a take out here on the podcast and I won't tweet it um, in, just because it, it, it lands better. I, c- I can apply some context. <laughs> um, and so like a take I've been sort of workshopping is Romo is low-key kind of curse for Cowboys games. Interesting. Um, so he was on the call um, Thanksgiving Day 2017, and that day the Cowboys got humiliated by the Los Angeles Chargers, and it was their third straight game scoring in the single digits. They had never gone three straight games scoring in the single digits at the time. That was the first three games of Zeke's suspension. Um, Romo was on the call for the Jets game last year, obviously a disaster of a game. Yeah. He, w- he was on the call the year before when the Cowboys lost in Washington off of the Brett Maher kick that banged off the, the upright that led to them trading for Amari Cooper. He was on the call for the Giants game when Dak Prescott was injured. Um, I mean, granted, the Cowboys sort of uh, exercised this curse of sorts last week against Pittsburgh. Nothing really bad happened, but Romo doesn't have the best track record. That's all I'm saying. Like, or like the Cowboys don't have the best track record when, when Tony Romo's calling games. Um, you mentioned Chris Collinsworth. I've gotten dragged for this. I think he's a better analyst um, than Romo. Romo is awesome and fun and charming, but I learn more from Chris Collinsworth than I do from Tony Romo. That's very interesting. That, that is interesting. I am um, I'm not as high up. I, I mean, I think Collinsworth does a great job, but I think Al Michaels is the best in the game, and I just feel like I'd love to see. They've been together a long time. They're showing highlights. They've been together for like, in the mid aughts or like late aughts, like yeah. late, like even you know longer. Um, I think I still prefer Romo. You know what? You know what I like about Romo is, um, and I and I, if you go to the last episode of the show, we talk about Romo and Nance. 
uh, in, in now we're talking. So, if, so for the listeners out there, if you make it all the way through the show, tweet at me at Tug Coker or on Instagram. Let me know you made it all the way through. We talk about uh, Jim Nance and, and Tony Romo. Um, but I, it's, I think it's part of that modern day thing that, that I like so much, right? Like you, we talked about how they go to dinner together. Mm-hmm. We talked about how you and I are fans of No Lang Up. Like I, there's something fun to me about friends. Totally. Just having a bantery thing. Like I think that's where so much of commentary is going. Unless, unless you can talk about real, like I'm a fan of X's and O's and I'll go to like Warren Sharp and all these people, right. on, uh, you know, or pro football focus at the college point. Yeah, yeah pro, pro football focus. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but when I'm watching the game, I just sort of like want people to like, I just want to have fun. Right. <laughs> and also like, I also know that Romo's going to bring certain, you know, he, he casually drew out like, a, I forget where they, 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 they he noticed whether a man was, uh, the offense was going to go against man or zone when they put the guy in motion. And then, he basically said, oh, he's going to run this route. And, you know, I still think that's fun. I know he's brilliant. He, yeah. I, I do agree that um, I think that him and Nance's conversations on air are probably the most similar to their conversations off air uh, of, of all the, the marquee pairs. But, but in that particular respect, like if we're measuring the buddiness of all the pairs, I think, I think Troy Aikman and Joe Buck are criminally slept on. I think Buck gets a lot of crap from people. Everybody thinks that, that he hates their favorite team. Uh, but I, like, I, I legitimately believe that they are like best friends, um, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I, you know, I happen to agree. You know, I, I think they are, they are slept on. I, I, what, I, what I like about why I lean towards, and I was a big Aikman guy growing up. You know, you know, even yeah, though especially only, the Oklahoma, Oklahoma connection. Oklahoma for, yeah. you know, a small window. Yeah. But um, – but Romo just feels like, <laughs> to me, Romo feels, like, you know, he has a clean, clean cut image, but he feels like a, a, not a class clown, but he feels like a guy who wants to play with fire behind the scenes a little bit. Like he wants to needle Jim Nance. Part of the joke is like, I, I want it, he wants to get Jim Nance to say something he shouldn't say on, on air. Right. It's like, yeah. it's almost like an inside game between the two of them. And I, I want, one day I want like Jim to like, you know, elicit a cuss word or something. And Tony be like, yes, you owe me. Ten thousand yeah. dollars, like I did it, you know. <laughs> it, like it's a game within the game that reminds me of. It is, um, it is a very like Jim is your like the grandmother with the plastic on her couches, and right. and Tony's the like the muddy dog that runs in and <laughs> yeah. just is like just yeah. wanting to play. <laughs> yes. Um, so yes. you know, well, that's cool. So, um. I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the masses. We've, we've danced around it a lot. Talk no laying up. So like I said, we're dropping this on Saturday, but we're talking on Thursday. Um, at, at the moment, I believe Paul Casey is still in the lead at the masters. Who's your pick? And first of all, uh, have you been to the masters before? I have, I have been to the masters. Um, I went on a practice round. I went to the Wednesday part three. Okay. Um, and, um, uh, I can't remember what year it was. I think it was a year that Tiger won, maybe Oh five. Okay. Um, that was the the chip in year the the yeah. chip in on sixteen. Yeah, um, but it's it's fantastic. And I, you know, it's it, what have you been? Yes, I went in twenty eighteen. The year, so I I have a take. Actually, it's a different take. Um, so I, the year I, I went was it was Patrick Reed's year, and so that was the year before last year. And so last year when when Tiger won, I I told a lot of people. I said, you know what? I would not have wanted to have been there. Uh, like when Tiger won, everybody's like, you're crazy, you're stupid. And it's like, no, I'm not because you have no cell phone you, you and and when you're there like and this applies to any golf tournament not just the masters you are at that spot on the course 
And it's, you know, it's not like you can walk with Tiger and, and watch every shot. You are stuck in that spot. And like last year's Masters, I mean, if you were at, at Amen Corner, cool. But then you missed the Francesco Molinari shot on 15 that added to the drama. You missed the tee shot on 16 that he almost aced. You know, like it's, it's a very specific sporting event and that watching on television gives you far more information than being there. The number one thing I remember, I, it's an interesting take. I, I think that take is trash. But, uh... <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Like, the, it would have been awesome. And like, if I'd been there, I would, I would be the first person being like, "There's no, there, no masters would be better than this one." If I'd been there, and course. there won't be, um, you know. But you, I think you, you, you know, you're gonna get the same feeling, I guess. Rewatching, you're gonna see everything they saw rewatching it when you, mm -hmm. you taped it, and then you actually got to be there and hear the roars right. live. The thing, the thing I'll say about this is going there, the, the, the experience you have is just seeing the, uh, the, the topography, like how hilly it is. It's right. so much hillier than it, than it is that it shows on TV, in my opinion. Like, it's crazy terrain out there. And so I always think about that. And I also, it's funny, my friend uh, just showed me a picture of, he got a package today of all like the masters. Oh, he did the, the taste of the masters. He, he, yeah, he did. He did yeah. it. He just sent me the, you know, the egg sandwich and pimento cheese and things like yeah. that. I was like, you're kidding me. So I think about that as well. I'm really excited about this masters. I'm really excited. You know, if, if you're, as we're looking at it this morning, I'm sure you've seen it already. It, it, it's not as pretty as it usually is. Some, some of the, some of the tea boxes look browned out sure. and, and thin. Um, and I kind of like that. If it shows me a human side of the course uh, to the like, course, yeah, the course is flawed. The course, the course, exactly. That the course, like every course on earth, is right. You know what I mean? It's that's like, a really great point. This 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 course is has sub air. You know, and like they've built, they basically bought most of the town of Augusta. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it's they're they're so afraid to show imperfections. They 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 pump in bird sounds. Right. You know what I mean? So like. To see a little bit of humility, I think, is actually a good thing for the place. And it's only be once, it's a part of this whole year that we're having, where it's like, it's just a once, you know, in our lifetime situation. Let's appreciate that as well. And the fact that we're getting it in November, it's kind of cool. I think it's just, I think it's really, really cool. It um, is, it is super it. cool. I am, um, so... We're dropping this on Saturday. So today for the listener, uh, I was excited to tell you this, Tug. At my home course, we're doing a like a master's tournament. We each picked three players. We divided them into tiers, tier one, tier two, tier three. And uh, we're taking their Friday scores and then our Saturday score. As a, as a foursome so like interesting it, and and interesting. that's and, and it's our it's our like group you know what i'm saying so um i've got brooks he's my lead dog um i've got justin rose and i've got cam champ because i'm an egg and so what I, number like, did you draft uh it, it, it there was no draft and, and Ran, because, you randomly you randomly drew kepka no I like i picked we, we we picked so like we we went based off vegas odds and i we went like the top 12 the second 12 the third 12. yeah so, so the, i'm saying you had a you had a selection right for the first 12. Uh, well, we didn't. I, that's a good idea. Maybe for the April version of the Masters, yeah. uh, we do a draft. I like that. Maybe we'll go. Um, we'll do that. But it was just you can pick whoever you want because the combinations uh, oh, could, could so, be. So multiple, so multiple people can have Kepka. Uh, they could, but te but nobody does. It worked okay. out that way for well, me. They could have had that. Yeah. Correct. Interesting. So Interesting. like if, if he goes like six under on Friday, you know, I've got that working to my benefit versus like if Cam Champ completely collapses, you know. And so and, and like we threw in our handicaps and stuff, but it's a fun way to like 
have a different level of motivation behind I these love players. That. Yeah. So um, I think what's we'll your handicap it. right now? I am an eight, uh, but uh, that is um, that is a little bit generous right now. So uh, you know, working through it. I'm a nine. So, but I but I, I'm, I picked up the golf. I played a lot growing up, and uh, I, you know, the pandemic has sort of helped people to pick it back up. So. Well, you play all throughout California. Again, Tug's, Tug's Instagram is popping with some great golf courses. And, and like, you're getting, like, instruction now. Like, you're, see, like, you're cheating. You're, you're getting, like, professional help. Well, listen, I, I was playing so well, um, like, driving the ball so well the past few weeks, and I was just not scoring my wedges like I wanted to. Like, mm-hmm. even fatting a couple of wedges. And so I said, you know what? I, I don't, this is not fun. Like I, I'm, I'm right. driving the ball as well as I ever have. Like I want to score on these. And so mm-hmm. I haven't had a lesson in like 15 years. And it was, it was honestly fun because, you know, I'm sure you have the same feeling. It's like um, the, the, the teacher gives you instruction and you're like, I think I'm doing that. Like, <laughs> and he's like, no, no, yeah. no, no. I'm like, I really, my, I'm that Are you sure? address. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, that's exactly my thought too. And he's like, well, this is what your thought looks like, how it manifests. And it looks um, like this. And so it was really encouraging for me. Yeah. But I try to play a lot of golf. I got a, you know, a couple of good friends that are at some really good courses. So I'm able to jump, jump on with them, but um, I'll play anywhere. That's uh, what, so what's your favorite you. Cali course? And maybe not all time. It'd be like, what are you feeling right now? Cause there's a lot, obviously. That's a great season of no laying up. What is the California season? Great season. I re- rewatched it recently because they did um, rustic Canyon. Um, right. The, probably, probably the number one, uh, public course in the SoCal area for those of those of you on LA like it's a Gil Hance design mm-hmm. um, from like 2001 before he started redoing um, places uh, all over America um, that's the most fun I've had um, played Torrey Pines played Pebble um, you know I played Bel Air a couple months ago uh, played LACC which is probably my favorite course right now in in California LACC is awesome uh, also, Gil, Gil Hance redesign, by the way. I think it has the U.S. Open in 2023. And um, it's, right. fan- it's fantastic. And for those of you who like, like golf, like make sure you watch them. Uh, Lionel Richie's house is like a number four. Uh, the Playboy Mansion, the old Playboy Mansion is like number 14. And so there's like fun little nuggets for you to pick up as you're watching. But um, it's a great, great test and a lot of fun. What's a spot you haven't gotten to? And we'll stay continental here that you want a to. Uh, well, a, so a, a million. my answer at the moment, again, heavily influenced by the current season of no laying up, but I really, I've got to get out to Bandon. You know, like I already had that thought and now it's yeah. like, it's, a, I don't know. Have you seen this week? We're again, we're talking I, um, on Thursday, but this week's episode, I now I have to play Sheep Ranch. I have been to Sheep Ranch. I've been to Bandon. Um, uh, had a blast. I went with my dad and um, it's all the, it's, I think about it a lot. It's like, can you get a group of guys do you have like a group of four or, or, or you know three or seven you could get together and go travel? Yeah, and I um I'm also a big fan of Shane Bacon. Um, yeah. His podcast is great, and he's I I've heard him say that exact phrase like ten times. He's like, it's the perfect like bachelor trip, you know, whatever like bachelor party guys get away. Like it does it does seem like you could just go play golf all day long and then go like chill at the bar all night. It's really fun in that respect. Yeah, it's like all all day golf. You know, you're walking uh, all the time and you're just hanging with your buddies. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. And like you said, just because we're watching it again on, uh, with No Laying Up crew. Um, and um, uh, it's, it's great to revisit. I mean, there's a lot of courses. I mean, I'd love to – dream job would be like pick up a job at CBS and like get, get lucky enough to play Augusta. You know what I mean? Like that would right. be 
that'd be uh, amazing too. So there's there's a ton of courses. I mean, the list is very long. Uh, we'll have to have you back on in the summer or the off season tag. And we'll just do like a golf course review, you know, like, we'll we'll just, we'll figure that out at some point, somehow, some way well, there's cause the Cowboys have a golf club too. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, sure. and, and so, uh, we do, we actually, uh, we have Tony Casillas, the nineties sure. defensive tackle for the Cowboys. He does, he does a show with us and he plays there all the time. So he talks about it. Um, I saw, high. I saw, I saw some like, um, some someone some announcers were playing that course recently. I can't remember who it was. I was watching some tape of that. That's uh, I forget who it is, but yeah, that's that's amazing. And I think um, you know part of uh, I, I lo- what I one thing I love just to circle back one last time to all the things we've talked about broadcasting and the Cowboys and golf. <laughs> it's a funny button, but Romo has the week off. Yeah, I, I mean, so Romo Romo makes seventeen million a year, and Nance says I'm doing the Masters, and Romo's like I'm not working with anybody else. I'm taking the week off. Like that is a crazy gig. People are like, "Come back to the Cowboys." He's like, "Why? I make 17 million a year for, to talk play, about football and, football and play, and play golf. golf." Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> funny. You, this is stupid. It's funny you bring that up specifically because I saw I, I mentioned Tracy Wilson. I saw her tweet. It might have been Monday or Tuesday, um, and the tweet literally said something like "unexpected bye week." It's like Tracy. What do you mean unexpected? Like this, <laughs> this has been expected since they announced the the schedule of the November Masters. This has been yeah. known. It nobody ever thought that y'all were gonna go. Jim is the like consummate. I got you guy. You know what I mean? So he, I, I fully believe that he was like, you know what, Tony, Tracy, y'all take the week off, go home. You know, play around yourself on Saturday, make your own master tournament, maybe get Brooks Kapka <laughs> as your lead dog, and uh, and then watch us on Sunday. And next week we'll go we'll go out to Baltimore, whatever the case may be. Well, you know, the thing about uh, Nance is that I thought for sure when Romo was going through his negotiations, I thought that somehow the Masters would be involved. Totally. I, my, my belief was that like Romo was like, I want to, I want a hole. Mm-hmm. I want, I want Fort. No, no disrespect to Bill McAtee. Get the hell out of here! I'm in here now. I'm covering 14. You want to run 14? Where, where would you but, put Romo? But, but, but you, because look, 15 is uh, for, for for years. Um, it was uh, w- w- um, he's not there anymore. Um, um uh, he, man, he's, on, 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 he's uh, he is Paul Casey's coach, right? Um, uh, he but, does like the 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 the, the Conica Minolta swing vision right. <laughs> camera. Um. 16 is Vern, right? Who still comes back, to, you know, one time a year to do that. 17 Ian Baker Finch, 18 Nance. I don't know where I don't know where he goes. I don't know where Dottie has 13, right? Um, so I don't just know know where you put him. It's got to be. I think McAfee is the only place to, to 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 get bumped. Put him on nine, like the whole tie tie it all together. You know what I'm saying? No, like that's a great. But nine is Nance and Faldo. Like that, I know, you know but you know that's that's part of the contract <laughs> negotiation. You know what I'm saying? That's how. How big are his balls that he's like, listen, I'm, I'm going to bump my partner. I yeah. want nine. Um, that'd, be, that'd be amazing. Man. Uh, well, but let's, before, we, before we move on or, or close it up, close up shop, you, you asked about predictions. I want you to go first. Knowing oh. what we know now, just, just to update everyone uh, who's listening, where we are in this podcast, Paul Casey shot a 65, leads by two over Webb Simpson, uh, Xander Shoffley, and uh, Hideki slips in there at minus four with Lee Westwood, right. Louis Oosthuizen. Your boy P. Reed and Tiger. Tiger at minus four. Can we have a prediction? Can we have a little two-minute Tiger convo? Um, so, first of all, you said my boy P. Reed. I, I am forever. You saw him win. Well, you that's, that's him. what it, like, it's an interesting <laughs> thing you say because, like, the world hates him, but I can't. 
because he's my master's champion. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, <laughs> like I, I, so like, I really legitimately, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll probably never go back to Sunday at the masters. So like, I am forever. Like, I, I can't tell you how far I've stretched to like make cases for him, like with, with friends and people like you don't get it, you know, like just because I, I have to, <laughs> but uh, tiger, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly surprised today, Thursday, he went bogey free. I think, I mean, again, it's amazing. Um, it's his best round ever for a first round, right? Be, yeah. 70 was his first best round. Before and that. his first, his, or it's the first bogey free opening round of a major since the 2009 PGA for him. Um, so he certainly has played. And again, by the time people listen to this, he'll have played Friday. Um, I, I would love to see Tiger do it again. There was the Brandel Shambly tweet that was uh, very, you know, like the last when Tiger or when Jack won his sixth, it was like whatever. It was the all the coincidences, which was really cool. Um, I as, as awesome as that would be to see, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, if I have to pick a winner today, I, I, I think we should each pick three people. I'm going to go Brooks because I'm incredibly biased and invested. Literally, um, I'm going so, to go. Yeah. I, I, hold on. Quick aside. So you're so you're Brooks over Bryson guy. Oh, I mean, dude, that, that, for sure. That rivalry, yeah. That rivalry. Like, yeah, like even even this like my own club tournament aside. Yeah, I'm team Brooks over Bryson. hundred. Like I and I, I, I mean, if I had to swear allegiance, it would be to Brooks. But I think what Bryson's doing is really interesting. And I'm, I'm certainly a fan of watching it unfold. Right. Very interesting. I don't know a lot of people that are like passionate about Brooks as you are. So that's he's just cool. Know. Like you talk about like, you know, guys that, that we want to see. He be drinks cool Michelob Ultra. That's a, a is that a cool? I, I, maybe I mean, it is actually. You know what? To be honest with you, I like Michelob Ultra because it's going. As I get up in years, yeah, I count the I, calories. I also I my calories. what sold me on Brooks forever was before. Was it the was it the second U.S. Open when he when he did the math right when he was like, well, there's like 200 guys that. I'm just going to beat like, you know what I'm talking? And then he, and then he was like, and then he was like, so basically it comes down to like me and five guys. Like, yeah, I can beat them. I'm like, and then he did it. Like, that's badass. And so, um, so I'll take Brooks. Um, again, we're, we're picking three. I'll take DJ and you can pick the same if you want. I'll take DJ. I, I will not. Um, just because he's playing extremely well lately. He's got like a, you know, uh, there's no stairs involved, hopefully. Um, and I'll take Justin Thomas just because he's, he's been knocking on the door a lot too. I would love to take Rory. I just don't think it's possible. You know, Rory's a great call because Rory, we, uh, my buddy and I who love golf, talk a lot about golf. We call him the rain king because he wins all his majors when they're wet. Good point. Um, yeah. And so the ultimate you know, Irish golfer congressionally ran away with it. He mm -hmm. was a little wet, but hasn't won a major in six years. Hard to believe um, yeah. that it's been a, that long for Rory to win a major. I want to go I, somewhere to you. I want to go there. I'm not going to do it though. I'm going to go with John Rahm. That's respect. I could see that one. Um, you, who am I impressed by? <laughs> Matt Wolf. Matt Wolf. What the, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go Matt Wolf. I'm okay. going to go Matt Wolf. Minus three after eight. Uh, here we are on a Thursday. Random one. I really do. Should I do Tiger? Should I just do Tiger? I'm going to do Tiger. Yeah, just do it. I mean, Tiger Rom and Matt Wolf. I'm going to go a couple of young bucks. All tailor made guys. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm okay. This. <laughs> yeah. But, but the thing about this leaderboard is already shaping up to be dynamite. I mean, Paul Casey is in the mix he is so rich he makes he, he's in every major he, he makes the cuts in every major he lurks around t10 t15 i thought about taking him in my group just because i feel like everybody already forgot that he lost to colin 
at, at Harding Park. You know, like that yeah. that feels like forever ago, but it's like, dude, the guy's playing some pretty great golf right now. So um and nobody like there's no real love for Colin. But again, first time playing the course, whatever. Um, maybe not long enough for this. Yeah, and first time is tough. First yeah. time is tough. And so Matt Wolf probably not maybe not the smartest uh choice, but, hey, but he just hits the ball so well. And he's also a SoCal guy who um you know goes to George Genkis, who 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 made an appearance on No Lighting Up. Yeah, that's right. Um <laughs> That was a great episode. Uh, yeah. But Matt Wolf has never played a major with fans. So he's, he's got the advantage over everybody. That's you know? very interesting. But you know what? The, the, I think that is so overrated because people, those guys play so much golf without fans. Right. I just don't think that like it bought, like maybe the, like these football players are just used to like these, like, these domes not being filled, but they, these pro golfers grew up playing golf with no fans. I agree. Uh, um, but the roars, like I'm, I'm willing to, to like, tolerate the argument for augusta specifically you know what i'm saying like at, yeah. like again at harding park no fans whatever i don't think it's a big deal but in this place because like and like think about brooks last year when he was on the tee box at 17 after tiger's tee shot on 16 he's looking over and like that that has to impact you on some some however minute psychological level it's it, it's interesting we'll see how it goes and we'll, and we'll see what they say i mean i know some people say they missed it but like like, you think Patrick Reed really misses fans? He's probably happy fans, aren't <laughs> yeah, they? Yeah, Patrick I mean, Reed's like, keep it this way forever. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. e it's easier to walk around. Exactly. Uh, it's so much nicer. Again, I mean, that's my boy, Patrick Reed. Forever. That's right, your boy. And I mean, this, just to put a button on this leaderboard, uh, on Thursday, again, everyone's going to see this, but, like, it's already looking to be, like, an amazing weekend. Oh, for sure. Webb Simpson, who's suddenly become one of the most solid players in the world, already a U.S. Open champ, but Casey Simpson, Shoffley, Hideki, uh, P. Reed, Woods, Justin Thomas is at minus four after eight. Rom, Finau, Fowler's at three under. That's a surprise. Matt Wolf, Adam Scott, like yeah, and that's if Bryson makes a charge on Friday. Justin Rose will, will hang out. You know what I mean? Get in the car. Well, you didn't even mention Brooks. I mean, so F Phil, Phil minus two hey. right now through nine. I mean, this this is shaping up to be ridiculous. I don't even know where Kepka is though. I, I think he's barely teed off at the time that you and I are recording um, okay. on, uh, on Thursday. So, um, yeah. So, but again, Brooks, have the, have the round of your life on Friday specifically. <laughs> yeah. Save uh, it, baby. <laughs> plus, the, plus one through seven. So he is saving it for you. Right. For that's, all that, that's all that matters. Um, Tug, awesome chat. And again, we'll have to do this again in the off season. Now we're talking. So season two on the CW seed. Uh, so the app is available on all major streaming platform yep, devices all of them yep um and just search for now we're talking you guys make it all caps like that's that's what i like it's easy to find um and the show really is awesome what what's what else you got i mean what plans for the future anything else before we say goodbye yeah no just uh excited for you know see what the cowboys do are, are we gonna go tank city uh so i'm oh, you know sure. i'm very intrigued about that um and then I uh, got, got a couple other projects in the works. But yeah, I mean, people go to Now We're Talking right next to Shit's Creek, which is, makes me so excited. The, the platform has put us right next to one of the hot comedies out there today. So check us out. You can tweet me or uh, hit me up on Instagram at Tug Coker. And um, yeah, like I said, I really, RJ, I really appreciate you having me on. I really enjoy what you guys do. And I just, I come, I come to Twitter and I look for your stuff because you bring the honesty. Well, I appreciate it, Tug. Uh, maybe, maybe after this season of The Amazing Race, uh, you, Kenny, Scott, and I will have to chop it up and, uh, you know, talk about Just it. bring back our show. Just bring back Survivor. Oh, dude, I'm, I miss it so much. We, we, for anyone, like, 
you have you have that video up, right? Um, I do of, of our conversation. We talked yeah. for like two hours about the the season finale. So uh, anybody can go watch that. I know we do have some some crossover Survivor fans. Um, shout out to um, you know to to Jeff Probst. See, like I want to Jeff Probst, Jim Nance, and Tony Romo. People talk. What's what's your dream foursome? That's mine right there. <laughs> Nance actually makes it in. I feel like Nance is sort of just you know accompanied by. Romo, but Nance is a golfer. The guy, you know, he has a hole in his house, right? Like I saw Phil's video trying to hit right. a hole in his uh, house. It, yeah, well, then that's what you know. That's where we'll end. We'll play 17 holes, Jim, uh, Tony, and uh, and Jeff and I, and then you know, then we'll go to the Nance Cabode. We'll play the hole in his backyard. Then we'll all sit down. We'll watch. Now we're talking. You can come in, give us a review. When, when we <laughs> shot this scene, this happened, etc. Blah blah. blah. Uh, and then the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl course hey uh, i'm i'm waiting you're waiting i'm waiting every listener here is waiting will we see I, i've actually made this call and then we'll get out i say if we don't re-sign Dak, i won't see a super bowl in my lifetime that's my prediction um that i mean obviously that's a, like a grand take yeah. i i will say if they don't if that I'll, I'll verbalize it this way because he could play on the franchise tag again technically whatever but if Dak prescott plays elsewhere it will be an incredibly dark half decade at least for the Cowboys I'm 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 getting nervous I'm hitting the midlife crisis and but I will say the last thing I'm gonna get out here I could talk to you for hours but like we talked about Romo we talked about Wit. well we didn't talk about Witten with his one-year stint at ESPN um mm, uh Aikman. yeah like you like Dak may seriously want to look at another place to play but there's so much money to be a Dallas Cowboys quarterback sure post-career this is the perfect summation of now we're talking you want to have an almost guaranteed post-athletic career life be yeah. the quarterback of the dallas cowboys yeah and not even be the quarterback just be affiliated you know what i mean like and yeah. and your your social media following will increase like everything about you will be different we'll talk yeah. about you on blog of the boys tug coker will be a big fan of you it'll, you know it'll be that's the way it goes tug thank you so much uh for taking the time to join us looking forward to more from now we're talking from you uh rest easy be good and we'll talk to you soon enough that was good thanks for having me on